With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What are the biggest needs for the Minnesota Vikings going into the 2024 offseason? He thought we were going to talk about a Justin Jefferson trade. Pfft. No, we're not like that. We're going to talk about the real stuff. We're going to talk about where do the Vikings need to attack to improve this offseason? What needs to happen? What could happen? And what positions could they end up drafting if the talent is just too good, even though it's not the biggest need? And why free agency and the draft need to be treated as separate entities? We're going to talk about all that and more here in the latest episode of The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show, hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire, writer for the College Football Network, Publisher of Substack Run In Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. I'm your host, Tyler Forno. So with me, as always, in his English schoolboy cap, is producer Dave. And we are here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings needs for the 2024 off season. Now, this is a very interesting way to look at it. And the way we're going to look at it is looking at it in tiers. And we're going to look at it from least important to most important. And I, I think everybody knows what the most important one is. So I'm going to make you wait for a little bit as, as Dave is dripping uh, <laughs> on camera. This is a new one for us. I apologize. Um, we're, Nothing wrong we're, with it. I got a shirt just on. Gonna, we're I'm just not going have a good Harmsy and bare chested. Oh, that, hey, Harmsy, oh. I see you in the uh, comments. Welcome to the show. Norse Fias, good to see you. Jason, good to see you. Dylan, good to see you. Dylan says biggest needs are the meats. Always the meats. Yes. Always, Listen, always, if, always. If they put an Arby's at US Bank Stadium, it's over. Um, I will take <laughs> I will take that. Um look it. RBs gets a bad rap, but it's good stuff. Um, not a sponsor, but could be. Um, our sponsor today is Underdog Rescue Minnesota. So make sure if you want to save the doggies, they are the people to reach out to because they help all the doggies, cats, and even caged animals like hamsters and guinea pigs. So let's start talking about these Minnesota Vikings and their needs. And we're going to go uh, from backwards to forwards. I did not include the special teams on this list because special. T- let, let's just be honest. The Vikings don't really need to address kicker per se. They're going to sign one and that's the end of it. They don't really need to address punter. They have have one who's capable at a little bit of a regression year over year, but that's fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. And they have an all pro long snapper. I'm just not touching it. That's pretty much all you need to know. They sign a kicker. It's probably going to be an improvement. Look, uh, as you guys start rolling into the chat, we're going to have fun tonight. I can already feel it. Odie is chewing on a turkey, and now it's a wishbone. Um, these are just dog chew toys. It's not. I don't actually let him eat a full turkey. He would literally die. 
but no, let's start talking. He'd enjoy it and then poop all over your house. Oh, he wouldn't know how to stop, Dave. He wouldn't <laughs> know how to stop. Um, all right, let's start from the top. So there are 11 position groups that I ranked. Um, one through 11. So we're going to start at 11. And I think the least important position group that they need to address is safety. And you have two capable quality starters. Cam Bynum's on the last year of his contract. My expectation is that he gets extended this offseason because of how well he played, how he really took that year three jump. And one of the reasons we talk about three years for an NFL draft class before you really evaluate them, it takes time to adjust to the NFL game. It takes a full year to adjust to the speed and then a full year to really have everything down as far as how to react. And then the third year is usually when you blossom. Like that's the general timeline. Some guys come in and dominate right away. Some it takes them a little longer. Some it takes them a little shorter. Like everybody's different, but that's why you give everybody three years. Bynum went from corner to safety because he had all the, the instincts to play corner. Not enough of the athleticism ran a four, six 40, and it just made more sense for him to go to safety. And he's blossomed there. And you have Josh Metellus, who I thought the Vikings could cut going into the season. I didn't know that they were going to have all these massive plans for him. And that probably would have changed my thinking. And I did evolve my thinking over the course of time. But I was wrong about that because I thought Metellus was this uh, expendable special teamer. And he was making a little bit more money. And you had guys like Jay Ward that you just brought in. Thinking all oh, the Vikings are giving him four safeties. It's fine. Um, and then you have two quality backups. You have Jay Ward who flashed at the end of the season. Fourth round pick. And you have Theo Jackson who got a significant amount of playing time for safety four. And then on top of all that, you have the question marks of Lewis Seen and Harrison Smith. You really don't need to address safety. Like this is a solid group. If you find a guy that's just really good at value, I think you bring him in. But it's not an, it's not a necessity. And I think that's why I have them at 11. What do you think, Dave? Oh, I agree. That's It's the least need position on the team. Yeah, it's, it's just not there. And we're going to kind of speed run through some of these guys because... Let's just be real. If you follow this show regularly, which I'm very grateful if you do, you've heard us talk a lot about these positions. So I'm not going to use up a ton of time talking about each individual one because I don't want to repeat myself a lot. But there's going to be some repeating. So just bear with me. 10, offensive tackle. The reason why this is at 10, and I actually thought about putting this higher because there are no backups on this roster right now. Ole Udo, uh, dealing with that uh, torn uh, quad tendon. Free agent. David Questenberry, free agent. Like You're looking at a group of free agents. Hakeem Adeniji is another one. You have to figure out the backups. You don't need to figure out the starters. You have those guys. So the backups are important to figure out. And if Udo's health looks good, I think they just bring back Udo and Questenberry on minimum deals because they're capable backups. And capable is what you need. And you know what? For Questenberry's issues, I thought he played pretty well considering what he is. He's a fourth tackle on the roster. And when he had to come in and play, he looked fine. That, that, that's all you need from these guys. Yeah, you want everybody to play like a superstar. But you also have to understand, not everybody's a superstar. So what you got out of Questenberry, I thought was really good for the context. And I think Udo is still a capable football player. And you had him on that weird contract that paid him $2.5 million with a one, only $1.25 million on the cap because it's it's rewarding you for uh, keep getting a guy out of the draft, developing him for four years, and it has to be like a day three or UDFA pick. I believe that's how that's structured. You can sign them uh, up to like $2.5 million, and then they only count like $1.25 million on the cap. So it's it's a reward for them, and it's a reward for you for continuing to try and develop these players. So it, it's a net benefit. You can use it on one per season. And I, I would expect Udo to come back. I wouldn't be shocked if he came back on that same contract. I don't know if the rules allow it, but we'll find out. But with both of those players, they've got to mm-hmm. want to come back and no other team has to want to give them more money 
to be a quality backup or offer, hey, we'll let you compete for a starting position. Mm-hmm. So everything's got to align with any of our free agents for them to be brought back. That That is also fair. Um, and I think there there's some elements of that. There are also some elements of, hey, they just want to stay because they like Oldie's been here five years. So you, you've got a home. Um, I don't know what his family situation is like, but it's not unlikely he has a wife and kids at this point because he's, he's getting close to 30. So if he has kids, do you want to uproot your kids and move them away? Because likely you're already established in some kind of school, like preschools or even elementary school. Like uh, there's, there are levels to this. And if they're offered comparable money, they may just stay. And I think that could be a net benefit as far as contract negotiations, as far as what the intention is from both Udo and Questenberry. Because if it's the same amount of money, same situation, why would you why would you leave if you like it? And I don't have any sense that they don't like it, but I'm also not in the building talking to these guys every day. So that's also important. Number nine, tight end. This is an interesting one. The Vikings have three tight ends on the roster, Hawkinson, Oliver, and Muse. They could bring back Johnny Munt. And you will have to factor in that TJ Hawkinson is likely to miss at least the first four games next year. He could be back for the opener. I doubt it because he suffered the injury in December. And if he, if he had the surgery a week later, I don't think the surgery was ever officially announced. That doesn't mean it didn't happen because I don't think they have to officially announce that they have surgery as my microphone goes bluey. Muse is technically not on the team. So he's an exclusive rights free agent, right. which means the Vikings can sign him and there's nothing Muse can do about it. So the, here's how an exclusive rights free agent works. If you have two or less years, so if you have one year or two years vested in the league, so you've been on a, a full roster and Muse was on the roster all year. So he has those, uh, those two invested years. Okay. He is an exclusive rights free agent. So basically it gives you the opportunity if they were like a UDFA or if they were a draft pick in, in Muse's case, you caught him and signed him to the practice squad. You have the opportunity to keep them. After three years, you're a restricted free agent. So you can test the waters, but the team can match any offer that comes in. And after four years, unrestricted free agency. So if the Vikings want Muse back, it's $945,000, I believe. I might be off by a few thousand here or there, but that's the ballpark. Um, Kyrus Tonga was signed to that. Blake Brandle was signed to that. It's a very common contract. I think they just bring these back. I think they may bring Munt back at the vet minimum. Munt is fine as tight end three, but do they want to have Munt as tight end three and have Muse as tight end four again? Or do they want to elevate Muse to that tight end three spot? I think that's going to be a decision that they're going to have to factor in. Do they want to bring in a young guy as a developmental piece? Because they had Ben Sims for that. But then Sims was uh, part of Final Cuts and then went with the Green Bay Packers pretty much immediately. And he's played some significant snaps for them. So I'm intrigued to see what they do as like a stopgap for Hawkinson. But they have their top two guys. And those top two guys are locked in. Hawkinson and Oliver. And that's not going to change. All right. Number eight. And this may get people riled up. And quite frankly, I don't care. Interior offensive line. Look, here, here's the deal. Bradbury is fine, and he's on a very team-friendly contract. Ed Ingram, improving. Average. Dalton Reisner? Who knows? You're going to have to replace that position. Reisner wants to be here. He's been vocal about wanting to be here. His offensive line coach, Chris Cooper, they are really close. So it's likely Cooper wants him to stay. So... Even after that, then you have to replace backup center and your swing guard. Austin Schlotman and Chris Reed, free agents. Blake Brandle is a restricted free agent. I would expect him back. That doesn't mean he will be back, but I would expect it. I actually wouldn't be shocked if they can't get a deal done with Reisner. If they get give Brandle the shot to be the starter at left guard 
or if they choose to move Ingram over to the left side, because he played both left and right at LSU and they keep Brandel at right guard. I, I think that's an interesting element to look at, but I don't think that they're in this position where they have to go out and spend big money on, a, on an offensive lineman on the interior because things are so bad. They finished second uh, in ESPN in pass block uh, win rate. And I think 10th in run block win rate. I know I'm, I'm right with uh, the, whatchamacallit, uh, the pass blocking. They were tremendous. Uh, I might be talking about the composite between ESPN, PFF, and next-gen stats, but the the pass blocking was very, very well received by multiple metrics this year. So I don't really expect them to do a whole lot to improve because when you look at the metrics, how are you going to improve? It's going to be really hard to do that. Um, that question I can't remember who it was from. Uh, will we have uh, Kirk and uh, JJ next year? I don't know. Um, JJ, yes. I, I really don't. Th- I really think a lot of the discussion um, about the Justin Jefferson trade is just uh, based on trying to create content and uh, extrapolating the trades of Moss, Harvin, and Diggs. Look, we're not going to do that here. That's not who we are. If it becomes an actual story, we'll talk about it, but it's not. So we won't. And that's yeah, and, that's all. And fans need to be aware that this time, especially at this time of the season, there's a <laughs> lot of things floated out there as speculation, pontification of ideas, uh, all sorts of stuff where a writer might say, well, you know, uh, Russell might like coming to Minnesota. But none of that is reporting that whatever that speculation, pontification, or thought is actual fact that, hey, there's interest by the Minnesota Vikings front office that we want Russell Wilson, right? Mm -hmm. There's interest that we want. There's none of that. And you've got to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, and it's the wording, too. All of that is strictly coming from Russell Wilson's camp. Oh, I'll be, I would be interested in playing for Minnesota. Duh. You have an offensive minded head coach. You have Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison. Why the hell wouldn't you want to come here? Like I, it, look, if Russell Wilson wants to be that bridge guy for $5 million, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Sure. It's 5 million bucks. That's basically nothing for a quarterback. Basically nothing. So I'm fine with that. But if that becomes a real deal, we'll talk about it. Let's go to number seven. And this is the one I'm very, very intrigued by. Wide receiver. You have your top two guys. You have Jefferson and Addison. We talked about them already. Then you have a bunch of questions. Jalen Naylor, injured all year. Who knows if he's ever going to be anything? He was a six-round pick. This was the year people thought, oh, he's going to step up. He may even... He may win wide receiver four and be wide receiver three by the end of the year. We never really got that chance because he kept getting hurt. And then you have KJ Osborne. I don't expect Osborne to be back. I don't because I don't think the Vikings will give him the requisite money that other teams might offer him. And before the year, I thought eight to 10 million bucks. Now I'm thinking five or six. I don't think the Vikings are going to give him five or six million because of what they have and their cap situation. I just don't think it's going to be the case. Now, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. Maybe they just give him the five or six million and say, let's keep the continuity. I don't see that right now, but we'll see how things progress. And then you have Brandon Powell, who played pretty well in his opportunities. He's a smaller guy, really has to be relegated to the slot. He's not going to be this massive difference maker, but can he be your wide receiver three slash four? Yeah, I absolutely do. Now, Norris Fias there will be a bad trade like the Herschel Walker trade again. The Russell Wilson trade was that trade, but how that trade was structured. I agree with you. I don't think it's legal to make that kind of structure in a trade anymore, where if you cut the guy, you get these first round picks. No, there's no. Now, when you talked about Powell, Powell's a free agent, Mm -hmm. but he could be brought back. 
And like that, that's all part of the conversation. And that goes to the same thing I said before. It takes two to tango in all the mm-hmm. right circumstances. It takes some other team not offering them a boatload of money to come play for them. And there's plenty of teams that could use a decent wide receiver. And it takes the Vikings wanting it and him wanting to stay in Minnesota for that to happen. You can't bank on it is what I'm saying. A bunch of people bank, oh, we'll just bring this guy back and this guy back and this guy back. You can't bank on that, folks. As of right now, that's a hole. The wide receiver three position is basically a hole that's going to need to be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, breaking news, uh, Brian Asamoah tweeted about an hour ago that he had surgery and it was a success. I'm guessing it was on his ankle because he dealt with ankle injuries throughout the middle of the season. So uh, all the best to him. And that might explain some of why he wasn't uh, playing nearly as much and wasn't that effective. I don't know for sure, but it's something to keep in mind. Now, here's the thing with wide receiver that I find very, very interesting. And one of the reasons why I talked about how free agency and the draft are different. Okay. uh, uh, Let's address what Jacob said. I heard uh, some Addison guy from the Canadian football league. Okay. So here's what happened. Kyle long, former offensive lineman in the NFL is now an analyst for CBS sports. He said that the Vikings should trade Justin Jefferson because of the presence of Braylon Addison and because Kirk Cousins had a great year. One, Kirk Cousins only had a great half of the year. So that's not even completely true. And two, Braylon Addison actually was with the Vikings for about eight months in 2020. But Braylon Addison played with Kyle Long at Oregon in 2012. So he just made a boo-boo. Not a very good boo-boo, but a boo-boo. Um, so that's what that happened. So it, here's, here's where I'm at with receiver. I think receiver could be a sneaky option for the Vikings in round one or round two because it would be fortifying a strength and you could get incredible value if a Malik neighbors or Romo Dunze is there at 11. Now the Vikings do have a need at receiver, but it also needs to be taken into effect that free agency is about filling holes. The NFL draft is about finding talent. So if you find a talent that's not necessarily a need. I mean, the Vikings took Adrian Peterson in 2007 and they had a thousand yard running back in Chester Taylor. Taylor's pretty dang good, but they took the talent. If the Vikings, when they drafted Randy Moss. Yep. If they feel the talent is that good, right? Odie, if the talent is that good, you take him. Yep. So if the Vikings feel like the talent's just too good to pass up, they might go receiver early because it is a need, but it's not one they desperately need to fill. I'll tell you, if they end up getting a quarterback, having a quarterback to throw to hypothetically, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and Romo Dunze, that's incredibly appealing. And you could feel a lot more comfortable about taking a guy in round two and being willing to develop him because the infrastructure that you have is all of a sudden through the roof. So I'm not, I'm not going to advocate and say it's a great idea. I think it's an interesting one that needs to be considered because the talent in this wide receiver class is insane. And you have a generic need. I expect the Vikings to really address that defensive front and free agency. That doesn't mean that you don't address it in the draft, but yeah, I know the Vikings defensive line isn't good. Odie. It's, it's not, um, I, I think that you can do more if you take, if you fill your needs in free agency and then draft talent. That's how teams can figure things out. Just draft good football players. Look at the Ravens. They didn't need a safety. They drafted Kyle Hamilton. I know that's a sore spot for Vikings fans, but they drafted Kyle Hamilton because he was just the best player. They drafted Tyler Linderbaum in center because he was the best player. Well, guess what? Tyler Linderbaum doesn't fit what they like to do, but he's just a good football player. We'll take him. You take him and make it work. Receiver is just an interesting space right now for the Vikings. And they could take one because it's it's a need, but it's just such a talented class. I think um, 
I, I think it's an interesting one. So I wanted to I wanted to at least broach the subject and we'll talk more about it because we've we've been doing some receivers with skull search and we're gonna do more. Let's talk about need number six. Odie, do you know need number six? Because you kind of look like need number six. And that is inside linebacker. If you look at Odie, he's kind of built like Ivan Pace Jr. He's 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 kind of he's short, stout, and thick, and he can run. But he doesn't run well laterally. He runs well in a straight line. And that that's my boy. That's my Odie. And we're going to turn back to me because as everybody can see my gut, half of that is surgery. Half of that is because I'm just a little fat. So I at least have somewhat of an excuse. But let's talk about inside linebacker. They do have Ivan Pace Jr., who was a revelation at the linebacker position. Nobody thought he was going to be that guy. And he just turns out he was. I thought he'd be a good ad. I thought he'd be a, a good player to have on multiple levels. But I did not think he would be where he is now. And it's a credit to him and a credit to the scouting staff in front office for bringing him in. Good. That's awesome. But you also have to figure out how to fortify the room. Jordan Hicks is about to turn 32 years old, free agent. Is he worth bringing back on a sizable-ish contract? That's a very good question. I would say no right now. You have Troy Dye. Is he worth bringing on anything other than vet minimum? No, he's not. And you have Brian Asamoa, who just had surgery. It was a success. But we don't even know what the surgery is. What will he be? So you would theoretically have your starter in Ivan Pace Jr. You want at least one more starter capable guy. Is that Asamoa? Is that Hicks? Is that a free agent? We don't know. But they're going to have to address the room in some way. And that's going to have to happen in, I think, in both free agency and the draft. As well, it should. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, Hicks is a free agent. Do we bring him back? He's at that age where linebackers go off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Even though he had a spectacular year, he was give the man a bonus type thing. So I'll be honest. I did not think that he should have come back at all this year. Um, I, and you know what? Proven it, it, wrong. That, he was a surprise because of that. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm okay being wrong. You're never going to get everything right in this business. Uh, kudos to Jordan Hicks and that defense for being able to extract more quality play out of him. That's awesome. And I think that's great. But does it matter for the future? I don't have that answer. I would guess no because of his age and his athleticism. Um, But we'll find out. Number five. We're already in the top five. This is a good show. Line. Sorry, not linebacker. We just talked about linebacker. Cornerback. I don't think cornerback's a major need. And let me explain why. You had three very, very young players. Four if you count Byron Murphy, but Murphy was in year five. You have all these really young players. They got a lot of experience. Now they're going to have a full year, not having to deal with install of the system. A full year. I hate this thing, Dave. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I told you, put in a spacer. I have not put in a spacer, but I haven't really needed to until now. So uh, I'll probably do that after the show. But you have all these young players. I think they need to. Yes. I think they need to add one more body. I don't think they need to go out and spend $15 million on a cornerback or go out and trade for a Marshawn Lattimore. I think there are more pressing needs. And you have developing players at the position already. So fortify it a little bit. But I don't think it's where you have to make this drastic change. You don't have to trade for Jalen Ramsey. You have guys already. Maybe get a fringe starter in free agency, spend like $5 million, and hey, you're going to get a chance to be for their starting job for the Minnesota Vikings and see what happens. I think that's all you have to do with this group. And I'm not really 100% sold that you have to do anything more. I don't know. I'd like a, I'd like some shutdown corners. Well, like and is 
plausible, I think are two different things. It depends where they go in the draft. And uh, <laughs> righty, tidy, lefty, Lucy. Um, Cody, you're fine. You butthead. It's because we, when the defense got figured out, is they figured out that we had to play zone on the back end. And once they figured it out, we were getting beat. We need some shutdown guys. And so they play a hybrid of man and a hybrid of zone. And that would be the answer for Brian Flores going forth because he could mix it up at that point and then use whatever works. That's why I would like to find, if we can, and I'm not saying we can, if, because I don't, I haven't looked at the, draft board to see how the corners are. I think it's it's a light class, if I remember correctly. Light is in not a whole lot of quantity. Um, and there's not a whole lot of super studs. So, and corners take a while to develop, generally. So, mm-hmm. I would still like to get some in either free agency, and there's a few names out in free agency I've heard that are possible that would fit that a little bit better than uh, pick up some draft guys and develop them. Mm -hmm. And I think that because of kind of what you said and how it takes so long to develop these players, I I don't think you really need to draft a guy round one and you can't just expect him to just jump in and play right away. I really think that you have to, you can draft another guy and I'm fine with that. I would probably take them around four. And just just continue. Hey, let's just keep spamming the position, or maybe round two. It, everything depends on free agency, right? And that's where some of these conversations are difficult. Which is why I combined the overall needs of this team, free agency, and the draft. But if you address defensive line so well in the draft or in free agency, you don't need to touch it in the draft. Sweet, sounds great. I'm in. But it, it, there, there's levels to this, and we'll kind of find out. Right now, I will. Um, what was I going to say? I, I I would be fine with a corner because it is a need, but I'd prefer to go in free agency and get that corner because you have youth in the room. You don't need to add youth into a young room. You need to add veteran presence. You need to add leadership. You need that already established talent because if you just keep adding youth to a young room, it's. Hey, it's going to be more difficult to extract some of that and be able to continue to grow and develop because you need somebody to help mentor. It's not just about coaching. Coaching is great. You need that, but it's about having one of your brothers. And let's be honest, a locker room is a brotherhood or a sisterhood, depending uh, on what sport you're playing. Okay. When you're talking about these guys, somebody that you ride and die with, Having that mentor, having that person you can lean on is really important. And having somebody who's already been around the block is really important too. Byron Murphy's going to go into year six. I'd like another guy like that. Two guys in that situation would be great. But I also don't think like Harmsy says we need like three new corners. I don't think we do. I think they're going to be okay. We this was a year where you just kind of dealt with the fact you're playing a bunch of young guys in the secondary, and you know what? They were the 13th ranked scoring defense. I think we're going to be okay. Now, you would like to have superstars. I'd love to have three 2017 Xavier Rhodes in that room. It's just not plausible. So I think they're good in a good place, but they can still use improvement. And that's why I have them at five. Number four, running back. I'm just going to be real. I think Alexander Madison stinks. I don't think he's a very good football player. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I think Ty Chandler is an overall package's heads and head and shoulders better. The the positives are better. Problem is he has way more negatives than Madison. Like we get frustrated about Madison only getting like two or three yards every single carry. He averaged three point six on the year. The issues with Chandler aren't necessarily with him running the ball. I mean, he has some vision issues, but it's his lack of success in pass protection. And 
Those things are incredibly frustrating. You can't miss blocks. You have to be consistent in pass protection. And he flashes great pass protection, but it's not consistent and he makes mistakes. You cannot be mistake prone when you are protecting the passer on third down. You have to be able to find it, hit it, and stick it. And he's not doing it nearly consistent enough. That's the problem with Chandler. But the high-end stuff and the flashes are enough for me to warrant giving him an opportunity to win running back one. I don't think Madison gives you enough other than I'm just not going to screw up, which is also funny because he had one game where I think he had three drops this year. I don't remember what game it was. It might have been Tampa Bay. Uh, I think I think you have to have some of that. You have to have consistency, but you're not getting enough upside with him. I think the Vikings need to find a way to bring in another running back, whether it be free agency. Maybe you break the bank for Saquon. I'm not advocating for it, but adding a true difference maker in at, at running back, which is something Kevin O'Connell's not had with the Vikings, could really open this offense up to different levels. And would you, is it smart to allocate that kind of money to Saquon? I really don't have a great answer for that. I I'm going to say no, I don't think so. However, having a talent like Saquon could elevate this offense to a completely different level. And I see uh, somebody in the chat talking about Bucky Irving, Dylan, Yes, um, I love Bucky Irving. He almost got a first-round grade for me. I think I'm going to be one of the highest in the industry on him, and I'm okay with that. I love Bucky's game. Getting a running back in the draft could be interesting, but it's also a very, very weak running back class. So it might actually be smart to pay for a running back. Um, it, it's it's a complicated one because running backs don't add a lot of inherent value, and I see Dave's face up in the corner. He's like, no, 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 no. But when you're talking about how you run an offense and how you play call and being able to have an established running game, having a talented back is really important. So maybe you might have to pay a guy a little bit of money in order to bring him in and have that player because the Vikings don't right now. Well, I agree. They don't. And Cam Akers, I would like to see if he recovers from his other Achilles um, because he was doing well, but he's a free agent. It's, mm-hmm. See a running a quality running back. I think you could pick up in the draft if you're in round three, four. Here, here's the problem: this running back class stinks. Well, and that may be an issue. And I haven't looked at this running back class. And uh, what was it, Harmsy saying? Uh, Blake Corum looks intriguing. I shy away from Blake Corum because I do not want a tiny running back. I saw a f- clip of somebody today. I don't know who he was. It was like a six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and forty pound running back, and the dude oh, was yeah. fast and just demolishing people. That's Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, the problem with Braylon Allen is he can't run in zone. You have to have him running gap. You power. have to have him running power. He's great at that. He's also like Ivan Pace. You just can't go side to side. You can't have him running outside wide zone. You just can't do it. So I don't think he's going to be a pick for the Vikings, no matter how talented he is. And sometimes you just have to understand that. And that's okay. A guy's just not going to fit what you do. And at a certain talent level, you say, screw it. And you take him anyways. I don't think that Braylon Allen's that type of player. So I I think he's going to be completely off the Vikings board, but that's just my personal opinion on that. Um, I'm going to be very intrigued to how they approach running back, but they have to do something. They do. All right. We're going to get in the top three. Number three, edge rusher. I think Daniel Hunter staying, which is why I have it at three and not two. I really believe he's going to be here on a long-term level. I don't think it's going to be short, uh, an issue. I don't think he's going to hit the market. And if he hits the market, I think he comes back. Both sides seem very active in wanting him back, Dave. And to me, that says something. And I said at the time when they signed uh, Daniel Hunter to that contract that giving him that extra money was strictly about the long-term play. You wanted him here. Well, now, now you're going to get him here. It was a, it was a good Hopefully. faith deposit. 
if they agree upon the numbers, hopefully. Yep. The other two spots that you're going to need to fill, I think one's going to come from the draft and one's going to come from free agency. I think DJ Wanham could be back here next year because of that quad injury. Before the quad injury, I would have said he's not back. But he's going to rehab here. He lives here. They, the medical staff knows the injury, and if they feel comfortable with him coming back from it, this is this is where Wanam could sign like a one-year, $5 million deal. And hey, you didn't get your chance to break the bank. We'll give you a little bit of a raise. Go do it again. I also Prove think Mark deal, is, like Davenport. And I also think Davenport could come back. Um, I And here's why I think Davenport could come back and what I think he could come back on. I think he could come back on like a one-year, two or three million dollar contract because he got the big money prove it deal. He it, and it, you know what? It didn't work. Now you can give him a, a look. It didn't work. We gave you the big money, and you didn't live up to it. Now we'll give you the small amount of money. Do it again. Shy Town Vikings. Thanks for watching. We're gonna have a lot more conversations about stuff that you're talking about there um, on later episodes. So make sure you like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell. We're going to have a lot of fun off-season conversations about how they should approach stuff. We're going to wait on a lot of that free agency talk for end of late February because there's a lot going on right now. And we do so, like sweat. I wanted I wanted to trade for sweat more than Chase Young. I really liked Montez Sweat. And you know what? Good on the Bears. They made it happen. All right. N- number two defensive tackle. So the defensive line, they have one good player right now, Harrison Smith. They have young players in Jaqual and Roy, Kyrus Tonga, but they don't have anybody bona fide. They don't have anybody who you feel comfortable as a starting quarter, or sorry, as a starting defensive lineman. You have Harrison Phillips. And when he's healthy, Dean Lowry is fine. I don't think he's good or great. He's average. And I think when you have three guys as starters, having one average guy is fine. But you have to have another difference maker on that line to be okay with Dean Lowry being average. And to me, that's the big issue. You have to find Harris Phillips is the average guy. He's good at the run. He's not so good at pass rush. That equals out to me the average. Dean Lowry is not great at either. Well, but I would. I'm going to push this. back a little bit. Um, I think Harrison Phillips is, is a a very above average player. He's not great, but he's getting a, one pressure for every ten pass rush reps, which for what he's being asked to do is perfectly fine. Like you're, that's a that's a good amount of production. But he's never a pass rusher. They're asking him to play out of position, and I think that's the big issue with Phillips. And it's not necessarily his level of play. And that's why you need a big, big, big boy. And that's why we talked when we did the skull search on Tavondre Sweat. Highly recommend you go check that out in all of our other skull search episodes. Because having that big guy makes a difference and lets Phillips do what he's naturally good at, which is not being a zero technique in a 3-4. Um, and if you have Phillips, you have Lowry. And hypothetically, as uh, Chi-Town Vikings mentioned, if you bring in Christian Wilkins, a dominating force, then that changes everything because now you have a great player, uh, an above-average player, and an average-ish player in Dean Lowry. That's a very capable defensive line. And if you want to swap out Lowry for uh, Jonathan Bullard, Kyrus Tonga, a draft pick, that's fine too. But you can get away with having one guy who's just okay when the other guys are good and great. And to me, uh, it's still important to be able to continue to build up the depth and bring in talented players, but it's not that you have to have three great players on this line. It's ideal. Like, but you don't have to be the 2012 Pittsburgh Steelers. You can just have a great one, a really good one and a fine one, but you're going to have to do a lot of work to be able to get there. And I'm very intrigued about a lot of different elements here. And how they approach this defensive line. I'm very, I'm very curious. We'll find out. But then we have to come to the number one to end the show. Dave, number one priority for this team. Quarterback. Yeah, it's yeah. Quarterback. 
You didn't even let me get off my kicker joke. I'm not going to allow anybody to deviate from this. It's quarterback. The yes. Vikings need to get a quarterback. They 100% need to get a quarterback. And it's very frustrating that they have not been able to figure this out. But it is what it is. Now you have to go get that guy. And you have to figure out who that guy is. And I really believe the Vikings can do a good job at the position with one of their first two picks. I think J.J. McCarthy is a good player. Uh, Medicals pending. Michael Penix Jr. is. Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, obviously. Michael Pratt is good, but I worry about his athletic limit. Sorry, his, his arm limitations in a similar way to how Teddy Bridgewater had arm limitations. They are not the same player, but the limitations are comparable. And I don't have those limitation questions with any of those other guys. But I do with Pratt, and it's frustrating because he's a he is a real dual threat. He can gash you in the running game. He's got this moxie and confidence about him, and he he can he feels comfortable throwing the ball into tight windows. And I just like the player, but he just does not have the requisite arm talent to be like a higher echelon quarterback, which worries me. But I'd still like to have him if that makes sense. It's it's going to be a really interesting decision how the Vikings will end up addressing this and we'll find out, but they have to, if you just sign cousins for another three years, it's going to be real frustrating because you're not just re-signing him at age 30 or 33. He's going to be 36 with a torn Achilles attaching your wagon to him. Now, even with how good the first eight games were is objectively a misguided choice. So we'll find out. Oh, um, Dylan, if you're here to t- uh, listen to me talk about Bo Nix, no. I'll do a skull search <laughs> on him. We'll do a skull search on Bo Nix, and I will go in-depth on why I don't like him and why I think draft media is a little beside themselves liking him as much as they do. Um, because to me, it's about context and the reason why things were done the way they were. That reason is why I'm completely out. So that's our show tonight. The Vikings have some very interesting needs across the board, and there's a lot of different ways that they can approach them. We'll find out how they do that. Uh, We'll talk at a later episode, uh, different ways they can improve the salary cap. And a couple of them are extensions. And a couple of them are cuts. We'll have an entire episode. Maybe next week. I'm not sure when we'll do that because we do have some time. And we're going to have more skull searches, including one tomorrow on Thursday. And we're going to have more and we'll have a big senior bowl preview of some sort. That'll likely come out when I, on my travel day on Monday, the 29th. And we will have a lot of fun conversations. I've seen a lot of new people in the chat tonight and just want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us a chance. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. We do this consistently. Every Monday and Wednesday night, every Saturday at four o'clock with two old bloggers. And we're doing multiple skull searches a week. Those you're going to have to like subscribe and ring the bell to know when those are coming because those are going to be semi sporadic depending on what Dave's schedule is and my schedule is because those are bonus shows. You're going to get them, but you might not get them at the times you think. And we're not going to commit to a time because we are not sure ourselves. Hey, Roman, I'm just up the road up I-35 over in Austin. Just 35 goes to Austin? Yeah. Runs north-south. Oh, I I thought Austin was too far west uh, for 35 to hit it. Mm -mm. Because I know it goes through San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And it runs straight up through Austin up to Dallas. I'm only about 40 minutes from 35, so. So, um... And we just finished recording the NFC North podcast mm-hmm. right before this show. It's fun. We tend to pick up a pick on the Green Bay Packers, which makes it a fun lesson. So yes. we had another one this week. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs. And uh, the Bears and I are talking 
future because it's in question. So it's it's join us over on the podcast side. That's where you'll find it. Usually comes out on Friday ish. And then there's Justin Day in purple and gold for days. He does podcasts for Vikings First and Skull as well. And uh, you can always join him. And he has his own YouTube channel, Purple and Gold for Days, which you can join and watch his shows as well. He is more fan-centric than we are. One of the biggest complaints is we don't read and interact with the fans enough. Well, it's because we turn it into podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. He, on the other hand, it's all about the fans. And we like that as part of Vikings first in school. We come at it at different angles, different styles, and all in one big happy package. And all we want is uh, to win a Super Bowl before we die, and hopefully many of them. And the clock is ticking. So come on, Vikings, pull your heads out. Let's get this right this offseason. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why we don't uh, it, do as much of that interacting as Dave said is because a lot of our fans like like the big time content, and that's that's part of the reason too. Is we have we have a lot to talk about, and we want to make sure we get it to you in that time frame because we know your time is incredibly valuable, and we're very gracious that you want to spend it here with us at Vikings First and School. So uh, we do interact with the comments, and we love you guys very much. But it's also very important that you get all of the content that we want to bring you because that's why you're here. And we're grateful for that. In the meantime, there will be a skull search on Thursday. Like subscribe, ring the bell. Won't tell you what time it is because we haven't figured it out yet. And that that's why we don't tell you what time it is. That's why you need to ring the bell because that will tell you when the time is because that will mean we have picked out the time until then like subscribe, ring the bell. I'm Tyler. He's Dave skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.